This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Sky Blues Extra. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Sky Blues Extra podcast, kindly brought to you, as always, by those lovely chaps at Shortland Horn. Now, before we start, it's a little bit of a different feel to the pod this week. Unfortunately, illness seems to be ripping through Sky Blues Extra Towers currently, so there's only two voices to listen to this week. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. So alongside me, is Matt, who I assume is fighting fit. How are you, Matt? I'm not too bad, mate. Yeah, I've, I've heard, I heard different. I heard it was kind of, this is what the people have been calling for, to be honest with you. So The best two. Exactly, yeah. So I think it's... Uh, the only two that been... make sense. <laughs> That's it, yeah. So the crowds have been asking for it. They've finally got their, what they wanted. Absolutely. Well, they get what they want. O'Hare will be uh, loaned out. There's a lot of... <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that this Coventry crowd want at the moment, which is absolutely absurd. We'll get into that one, I'm sure. We definitely will. Um, it's been a drastic few days in the sporting world, of course, and none more so. Then at the John Smiths on Saturday, in front of those pesky sky cameras for another early kickoff this season. Um, so let's get into it. Let's talk about this Huddersfield game. Very much a one-sided game. Those stats reflect it massively as well. Looking at the possession, 65% for the Sky Blues. 22 shots on goal, which is absurd away from home. And for once, more than half of them were on target, 12 on target. I think that makes it like 56% or something like that. So Andy will have a little stub on at that. uh, Well, not the conversion rate, but at least putting them on target for sure. Uh, One thing that is great, though, is to see is the passing passing accuracy back up as well. Uh, That was at 86% on Saturday. And nine corners, which were were deadly, really, throughout the whole game. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Matt? In, in regards to stats, it was pretty much a one-sided match, wasn't it? Yeah, it's one of those things, kind of the stats back up the, the flow of the game. And I think we said a couple of weeks ago, the um, 
it feels a little bit in terms of kind of the possession side of things, it can be a little bit of a false storm because there seems to be yeah. so many occasions now in football across the board where you have one team which kind of dominates the possession stats, but you think they um, they either lose the game or, or they've looked the kind of the weaker of the two because it's more about kind of pressing, getting that ball back as modern football seems to be and going kind of score on the break. But it's a bit weird because it does feel like we pressed a lot in the game, which would generally make you, you kind of think that we were... Um, you know, second place in terms of kind of holding the ball, but we, you know, we we obviously absolutely dominated in terms of kind of possession side of things, and overall, it reflects the game perfectly in terms of kind of the stats because it was absolutely dominant. I think everybody. I was actually, I don't know about you, I was getting quite annoyed afterwards where post match interviews and there seemed to be this thing of of what Coventry at least deserved a point. It was like that's that doesn't no, even come close to covering if it. If he deserved three, deserved three points, and arguably kind of one point is. It's not something to say is a minimum we should have took. It should have been yeah. three points. There's no real arguments around that. It was total dominance, really, apart from maybe two or three moments. Where, and, and obviously, unfortunately, they've made one of those moments tell and, and our percentages on that front, unfortunately, aren't so great. I know you made that point, <clears throat> excuse me, um, about you know teams having lots of possession and, and not winning matches. I mean, Bournemouth, on, for example, on Saturday, the second highest yeah. possession in the league. Uh, on Saturday and they lost 2-0 so it just goes to show having the ball is not everything it's, it's about putting those chances away and we had plenty of, of opportunities to do that on Saturday unfortunately just didn't hit the net um, let's talk about the lineup. then there was three changes from, from West Brom Dom Hyam slotted back into defence uh, the skipper was back in the midfield Liam Kelly back in alongside Sheaf and a change up top with Victor on the bench and Alan brought in Alongside O'Hare, behind Godden. Um, Matt, do you think it was the right right way to sort of approach this game? Yeah, I, I do. I think kind of in terms of Hyam, that was kind of a no brainer. I think after obviously what happened in the in the West Brom game and, and putting Dabo into that back three, so it was kind of always going to happen. And, and obviously, I think it, it paid off. But yeah, there, there were no real surprises there. Obviously, Hamer is kind of got this this ongoing injury at the minute so Kelly coming in to start is absolutely no surprise whatsoever and I, I was pleased to see Alan come in obviously I know yeah. he's impressed a lot of people this season and um, he's you know he's ended up walking away with the, the man of the match award so there's I think probably last season if he was coming in in all honesty and in all fairness to him you were probably thinking it was a little bit of a sign of um I don't know. It was it was always going to be off the back of an injury, but at the moment you're thinking, yeah, he was just filling filling a gap last quality. season, effectively. Yeah, he was, and I think this season he's kind of turned that around quite nicely, quite quickly in terms of being a player that you could see come into the first eleven and be quite excited to to see what he can do. So yeah, quite happy to see that. I think he, he obviously had a decent game. I don't know what what you kind of feel yeah. on him in in general, but I think this season he's had a really really top season. For someone mm-hmm. who was in the doldrums, say, last year and, you know, wasn't in anybody's reckoning um, coming into this season. A lot of people, you know, thought he'd be out the door. But, you know, to be fair to to Alan, he's, he's, you know, he's got his head down and stuck at it. And to be honest, I think on Saturday, it was one of the standout performances of the season, never mind mm-hmm. just in that game. I thought he had a terrific game. Um, you know, both, both sides of the game as well. Defensively, he was really good. He chases down everything, which is obviously a key to to being in that sort of front three. You have to you have to chase down everything. But I thought yeah. I, I thought Saturday he was outstanding. And to be what, fair, 
he's been great all season. I think every time he's been brought into the fold, be it from the start or off the bench, I think he's been a real, real key asset so far. What did you think of when we when we signed him? Because obviously he was a player who came to us still relatively young um, as a player, but already had a kind of a full season at championship level. And obviously we signed him in League One. It's somebody I was really quite excited to to see a sign. I thought in League One he would he would nail down a, a starting role and probably become one of our more important players. And it, it obviously didn't happen. And then last season, you know, we we stepped up a level. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm interested kind of what, what were your thoughts around him when we when we brought him in initially? I, well, I thought he was, he's a terrific player for League One, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, to be fair, a lot of players were finding their feet last season, but he seems to have found that sort of, sort of that second win, shall we say, mm-hmm. in this league. And I think he's a real key asset. Um, I was excited when he, he was brought in. I think, unfairly, you know, you can't really judge him on that League One season because he was hampered by injury yeah. a lot of the time. But I'm thinking of some, I can't remember where he scored that, that sort of Maisie run goal. Um, Bristol, was it? I think? Was it Bristol? Bristol Rovers, uh, yeah. Bristol Rovers, uh, yeah. And it, that showed he had like, a real, real good assets to his game. And I think he's a really, really good player. Um, you know, I was, I'll hold my hands up and say at the end of last season, I thought he would be one of the ones out the door. But hmm. to be fair to him, he's come back with an absolute bang. And, you know, he's, he's playing terrific. He's probably hmm. playing the best football now of his career, I, I would say. Um, yeah. And, and, He's now an asset to us rather than you know some someone that's sort of sitting on the sidelines and and taking a wage up if if that makes sense. So I think it, I think it's great to have him in in the fold definitely. Yeah, and no, I agree. Still still relatively young as well. Twenty six. Twenty six. So, yeah, yeah. I thought he was actually older than that. To be fair. Yeah, no, he's still got his best years potentially ahead of him as well, which is which is good. Absolutely, and you know the more, the the more he plays, the more he'll get used to to playing in the in the championship. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about the game then. Um, opening exchanges were were pretty good for the Sky Blues. Chances for both, obviously, Godden and Sheaf in that period. But I think what was what was good to see was that we were having good passages of play and showing that early dominance. Yeah, we I think we were on it from the first minute. In in all honesty, and probably in recent weeks, that's something that's gone away a little bit. We've we've kind of maybe taken a little bit more time to. To develop into games, but yeah, we we seem to be on the ball with it uh, from the first minute. I, I think I mentioned kind of last week on the podcast something that's always stood out with with Robin's second um, spell back at the club is we've always got a reaction when it's really been needed. You know, you could yeah. say obviously on the back of any defeat, you you want to see a reaction. Of course you do, but when maybe there's two, three, four games and it starts to to feel like it's a bit of a slide. Um, with results, maybe more than anything else, then you kind of know there's a point where you want to see a reaction and. Um, they looked like there was there was obviously work, special work done in the week to kind of try and bring that reaction about. And um, yeah, it showed from the first minute we looked, we looked comfortable on the ball. We were pressing them and winning the ball back quite quickly, um, pretty much throughout, the certainly, well, the game really, but certainly through the first half, getting our, felt, getting our foot on the ball quite regular. It kind of felt like what West Brom were doing to us the week before we yeah. were doing to, to Huddersfield and they couldn't really cope with that because they're, they're, obviously yeah. their quality on the ball isn't as good. Yeah, no, it's a fair point. I hadn't really thought of it that way, but no, it's it's exactly what uh, West Brom did to us after maybe that first 15-minute period where they settled into the game. They, they kind of just pressed us into mistakes and, and took the ball and they were maybe a little bit more clinical than, than we were um, obviously on Saturday because... You know, they got those two goals before half time. So that that maybe shows a little bit of kind of the difference between ourselves and 
and pushing for those top two or three spaces. But um, in terms of kind of putting the pressure on them and winning the ball back in and obviously pushing forward, then, yeah, it's a good point. And it's very similar to what we would have seen in reverse the week before. And I think when they did beat the press, they scored a, a really good goal. We've got to give them credit for this. Um, yeah. Sort of cut us open in midfield with a pass, ball out wide, play back inside and, and swept in from Ward. I mean, credit where credit's due. You know, sometimes you just got to hold your hands up and say, you know, that was a really, really good goal, a really good move. Yeah, it was. It was kind of one of those probably rare occasions in the first 15, 20 minutes where we were a little bit off the pace in terms of pressing. They were, it was a nice bit of play from them. They played out the back and kind of switched it from, I think, right back out to to left wing in two or three passes. So, you know, still give them credit for for the way the, they got the ball out there. But it was a little bit disappointing from, from our perspective because we it was maybe a passage of play where we didn't put that same level of press on and we gave them the opportunity with a little less pressure to to play their way across but yeah in terms of kind of especially the quality for the finish I think it's absolutely fantastic you know it's one of those if if you put your foot through it to any level if you swing at that it's it, 100% it's ballooning over the bar yeah, it's, Z, um, isn't it? yeah. it's you just the technique to try and put that away if you put any kind of backswing into into the effort is is unbelievable and it's it's just not going to happen really but he just knows that there's more than enough pace on the ball from the I want to say cross, but more of a pass, really. He just yeah. uses his foot, angles it in the right way to, to kind of put it in an area where Moore's never going to make the save. One of those, he kind of bends it so it kind of starts outside of the post and, and it curls its way back in just once it's passed more. So, yeah, excellent goal, to be honest. An absolutely fantastic finish, unfortunately. Obviously, the, the criticism was was straight onto Benji for that point, wasn't it, online? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But, um, yeah. yeah, nothing we could particularly do about sort of getting back into position really. It was just a really, really good move. And sometimes you just got to say, you know, good goal, you know, it is, it is what it That's is. That's right. You've got to put your hands up sometimes. It. Yeah, just got to put your hands up sometimes. It's it, it's a quality goal. And while we always kind of obviously look at it from a commentary perspective and we're going to pick out every every moment, every mistake. And, you know, that's that's obviously what we're going to do as commentary fans. Sometimes you do, I think I said pretty much the whole game against West Brom, you almost sometimes have to say that, we're, we might end up second best to some teams at this level. And, you know, even against Huddersfield where, you know, we were quite clearly the better team for a majority of the game, there's still going to be moments where um, they've still got enough quality amongst their ranks. They're still probably getting money from the Premier League. I guess it wasn't that long ago that they were at that level and maybe they haven't been spending to that same level, but they've still got players in and around that club who have um, played at Premier League level. So there's still going to be moments where, um, you, as you say, you just have to put your hands up and say fair play. Apart from now, I thought they were really poor, Huddersfield. I don't know. Yeah, I've I said all that now. You've made yeah. a very good point there. Over than that, they didn't really Other do that, that much. Yeah, <laughs> and I think they're in a false... But at the start of the season, I said as one of one of the three teams to be relegated, Huddersfield would be down now. I just didn't think they had the quality. And I didn't think they had quality on, on Saturday. So it's kind of beggar's belief they are where they are, really, or where they got to, shall we say, before this little um, bad run they're on. Um, I kind of think, do you think maybe some of the players there is not not for a lack of quality it's just for a lack of being up for the fight for what they maybe find themselves uh, in at that football club now you look at the likes of Karoma and um, you think of Fraser Campbell who obviously I mean he's played enough minutes to kind of say he, sh- he should have a few goals to his name this season yeah. for the level of football that he's played at and obviously been in England international Man United and everything else but not a goal to his name as of yet. And um, do you think maybe some part of that is some of these people, not a lack of quality, but, you know, are they, I don't know, are they, are they just not for the fight of what maybe they're, they're being faced with with where Huddersfield are at the moment? They haven't scored many goals. 
that's the thing. And I think if you look at where you know their their top players it ranked wise on on sort of who scored, then the top seven of them are defensive minded players. So it just mm. probably goes to show they're the type of team that will try and nick a goal, basically. Mm. And their game plans worked to an extent on in the games they've played so far. So, mm. but you know, saying all that, I mean, I thought we carved them open at yeah. will at times, didn't we? Really, you know, some of some of the the movement in and around the front of their defence was was sublime, and it was just a shame that we just couldn't, couldn't convert. Really. Yeah, no, but that was that was the, that was the that was the difference, wasn't it? The conversion, like we just didn't convert what the chances we created. Yeah, it's those important moments. And I know we'll probably talk a little bit about kind of what you might need to address moving forward. And you know, if we'll, we'll talk about kind of January and, and options in the transfer window. I think last week I kind of mentioned about a midfielder, even if Aimer kind of stays at the club. And what kind of really stood out for me on Saturday is maybe more of a, a goal threat from midfields. Because I think if we can um, if we can get the ball to Jacarez, obviously he's a little bit off form at the moment, but he's still scored enough. To, to warrant a bit of confidence in Godden's obviously on fire at the minute as well. And, yeah. you know, I've got confidence in Walker and Waghorn as and when they come in as well. I think if we can get the ball into the right areas for those players, then, you know, our backers to score a decent number of goals. But you looked at Saturday and I know you're a man who likes to go back and, and look through things. You watched uh, West Brom game pretty much two or three times before <laughs> we'd done the post. For my sins, yeah. <laughs> before last week. But it didn't feel like we really got... Um, Godden as a lone striker into those for all those 22 chances and 12 on target and everything else before the goal it didn't feel like he was the man we were kind no. of um, getting in those positions to to kind of have really good looks on, on goal which you're thinking if you're having 22 shots on goal and 12 on target a lot of those are going to come from your, your, your sole striker but I don't think really that was the case a lot of it was Sheaf obviously on a few occasions and Kelly on a few occasions and I know we'll mention what happened with O'Hare on a, on a few occasions as well so um, that might be an area to address for us because I think out of all of our midfielders, even including attacking midfielders, we're talking maybe three goals this season, one for uh, Alan, one for O'Hare and, and one for Hamer, which is just not enough, really. Um, I mean, we're talking uh, here as if it's a simple simple thing to do, but yeah. you know, it's, football is not that easy, really, in regards to sticking the ball at the back of the net. There's, a, there's obviously lots of factors that come into play and if it was that easy, we'd be would be pissing this league, I suspect, with the amount of chances we create. But it, it is what it is, and we just I, I don't know if it's like down to a lack of quality or confidence, or you know, just just things have not really happened for us. But I, like I just you don't said, know if they're if they're players where goal scoring is kind of I don't know if we've got enough of the balance right in terms of the midfield options to say that we've got those players who who do bring enough quality in terms of kind of their finishing and, and scoring goals. I, I I see it in Alan. I think Alan's an option, but Alan isn't really as much as we've we've obviously lauded him earlier on this podcast. He's, he's maybe not the starting option at the minute. And when you talk about kind of it's Hamer, if it's um, Kelly, if it's Sheaf, and then even going up to O'Hare is kind of more attacking minded of, of uh, those four. I don't know if there is enough kind of cutting edge in terms of finishing and goal scoring from from those players as the more regular starters for us. And yeah, you look at you look at the weekend. A lot of the, a lot of talk about their goalkeeper having a great game. Did he? I mean, I no, he did a lot. No, was simple. Were they simple? Down his throat. Yeah, they were simple. Uh, it's a great point you make about you know having our midfielders score 
score more goals or at least assisting more. Um, mm. I'm just having a quick scan of sort of the, the players' statistics and get that word out right. Um, mm. Looking at some of the, the attack-minded players, midfielder-wise, Harry Wilson, six goals, seven assists. John Swift, eight goals, nine assists. Billing, seven goals, four assists. Gallagher, five goals, three assists. And, that you know, you look at our midfield, we're nowhere near in terms of those numbers. And that's that's probably the overriding difference into, into you know, where we could be this season, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's, as you mentioned quite rightly before, it's easier said than done to kind of bring somebody in who's going to bring you goals and assists or, or either of the two. But um, it's not to say, look, we need to, we need to expect to go out and spend five, 10 million on one of these players to, to come in and, and have a big effect. We just need, we just need more. We yeah. do need more and whether that's um, we can expect to see that from the midfielders that we've already got from the football club. And don't get me wrong in saying any of this. They've all got a massive part to play for us. They've had a massive part to play in getting us where we are and and they're huge players for us. So it's not to say any of these people I think should be shipped out or don't have an important part to play for us. It's just if we are looking at potentially, you know, either is there an opportunity to go out and try and find somebody who might be able to bring and a bit quality, more of that yeah. element to, to the team on that side of things or can we do we think we can get more out of, of the players um, in terms of kind of really improving their stats when it comes to to goals and assists obviously one of those is is Callum O'Hare let's talk about the enigma that is Callum O'Hare because he had that opportunity didn't he when the press caused them absolutely all kinds of issues and you know he goes for that chip which is probably the harder option of the two but that yeah. goes to show that sort of the lack of confidence, probably not in his own ability, because I think he obviously knows he's got quality, but just at the stage he's in of his career, he's just not converting the chances he gets. Yeah, I'd be keen to hear what you think of this. I mean, if I'm honest with you, there were two chances, and we'll probably mention the second chance as well. The first one, if I'm honest, I'm still not over it. We're some 50-something yeah. hours past it we've we've ended up getting something from the game so it's not as if it's kind of completely cost us but it's just I can live with what happened with the second chance in terms of kind of ball comes at him fast puts it on target you know uh, fair enough and and I'm sure he'll kind of work on that and get better at if he doesn't get those, that on target there's a, that's another issue from, from where he is exactly yeah you've got to put it on target but it's coming at him faster and it is on target and you know probably you look at Danny Ward at the other end and, and he kind of I don't know, he's able to use his, his feet to kind of angle the ball away. And, I think that and, is and different though, that chance, because he's kind of, he's sort of, he's expecting that ball to come to him. I don't think O'Hare is expecting the ball from the cross to actually come to him after yeah. Godden's, Godden's uh, sort of dominance. That in itself is probably the, a concerning thing then. If you're making that run into that area, you've got to be, you know, you, you've got to be expecting that there's a fair chance that it's that it's going to come to you. So that would, that would in itself kind of maybe worry me a little bit. But I, I guess it's one of those things. O'Hare, ultimately brings more than enough to the team to warrant our patience in terms of the goal scoring side of things. Yeah. I don't think it's impossible for him to at all for him to improve uh, the number of goals he gets for this team. Absolutely. I, I expect it to happen naturally. So it's something I don't, you know, far from thinking is impossible. I, I do think it will happen. It's just, um, so with the first, with the second one, sorry, I can kind of work with that. You know, that's a little bit about um, working on your finishing and, and everything else. The first one, it's just, I don't know. You can't do that in that situation. No, you can't, Such no. a huge moment. Three minutes, three, four, five minutes, whatever it was after they've scored. And put it either side of the keeper. I don't know what you think, but either side of the keeper, it's... It's the easier option. The the guy, the keeper's standing still. You know, uh, 
I'd hate to go back to sort of junior football, but whenever I, I was give a gift to that opportunity, I would always go low because mm. it's harder for the keeper when you're that close to him to get down mm. and it's, it's harder for him. And I talked about those players, you know, the Wilsons, the Swifts, the Billings, they're scoring yeah. from there. Oh, it, they're not letting that opportunity slip by. And yeah. that's the difference in, in really the, the quality of that player compared mm. to O'Hare. They finish the opportunities that arise mm. and O'Hare has to do more in regards to, you know, finishing those opportunities because I, I know we say if he could finish, he wouldn't be with us, but he is with us. So we need to, you know, step it up in that regard because if he adds that quality to his game, you know, the conversion rate, he's, he's you know, the world is his oyster effectively. And we'd yeah. have a, you know, a, a 20 million pound player on our hands effectively because if you look at the quality that he has in relation to those other four names I've mentioned twice this evening. Yeah. Other than the yeah. goals, you know, he's in that league for me. The, te- the technical ability is 100% there with with those players and and his work rate is probably, I can't, I can't claim to say, I, I watched those players week in, week out to know, but you see O'Hare often enough to know the work rate is it's unbelievable. It's second to none. I've talk, I've he offers more than week. them four in regards to work rate. Without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. And most of the people on the pitch as well, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, um, and so he, he does more than enough for us at the minute to kind of say, look, we can overlook if you're if you're struggling a bit with your finishing, if it's something you need to to develop, because he's still young enough, it is going to develop. And uh, and I think that will come naturally. So there's no doubts on, on that side of things. But um the the first one, it, it you have to you have to kind of say, well, look, that's not about that's not about technique, that's about decision making. And it's, I don't know, a little bit frustrating for me. It's almost as if he kind of made a decision in that moment that he didn't want to just score. He wanted to, he wanted to score a certain way. Do it he well. Kind of, yeah. He wanted to almost embarrass the keeper, do it a certain way, make it stylish, have one of those moments that you can, you know, you can obviously have as a bit of a YouTube clip when you're trying to get your move to the next club or whatever it might be. <laughs> um, it's just at that moment, you need him to make that decision to say, um, I just need to score here. I'm just going to put yeah. it either side of, if you look at somebody like a Ronaldo with, you know, recently just ticking over 800 goals and obviously there's no kind of, you're not talking about comparing Ronaldo to, to other people, but one of the things is, is you put him in a situation, Ronaldo's probably got the biggest ego in world football, let's face it. And and if anybody's earned the right to kind of feel like you're 20 yards out and you can chip it over the keeper from that range, it's him. Hold on a minute, are you 100%. comparing O'Hare to Ronaldo here? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I am a little bit, but I don't know, I guess... What I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, mm. you, you take a Ronaldo, even with the fact that he is on another level to everybody else. I think is it's the main point. He would still in that situation. He's he's probably the one person who's got the quality to be able to say, look, I, I probably can do this. But never, it's never in a million years he would do that. He's just going to no. stick it either side of the keeper, blast it in, and take the the, neck, the goal and add it to his 800 plus goals that he's already got. And I think that's the point. You know, even a player like Ronaldo who has got that quality on another level from basically pretty much every other player on the planet over there, maybe one or two, he's still not going to try and do something like that. He's still just going to slam it along, you know, alongside the keeper, make it as uh, impossible for the keeper to save as possible. And that's why he's got 800 goals. So it's just about decision-making and that's such a, it just felt like such a crucial point in the game because it's not long after they've scored. If we can get an equaliser there, then um, I think we'd have gone on and win, to be honest. Definitely. I think he needs to take a, a leaf out of Sam Kerr's book in the Women's FA Cup final. She's got an absolute beauty of a chip. Yeah. Uh, great technique. So 
I think Callum needs to go back and sort of watch that and and understand the technique on that. Um, also, in that sort of period, Todd Kane, I think, was mm-hmm. influential, wasn't he? 20 crosses in the game, which is extraordinary. Um, I think he had a point when he was saying that he was uh, QPR's best right back. He's um, he's been really good for us, hasn't he? Let's be honest. He's been he's been fantastic. Yeah, I think he's. Um, they're on the money as well, aren't they? They're always in a dangerous position. You might, okay, out of 20, maybe you got two wrong, but 18 conversion, I would say, in dangerous positions. I think you can tell when you've got a player who's got that kind of delivery that's going to, uh, it's, all, it's going to be a high percentage in terms of in terms of the danger that, that it kind of puts on the defence. So kind of give an example of that first game to Costa played when he... Um, oh, God. Is he still with us, uh, he's, he's around somewhere, I think, but he's not, not, I, I doubt he's traveling on match days. It's, nah. let's put it that way. But yeah, you remember that first game he had and just everybody thought he was basically Cafu. He was just bombing <laughs> down the wing and the ball's Now he's working in the cafe. Into. Never mind Cafu. <laughs> <laughs> that, might be, that might be the next step for him, the next transfer. But just think early crosses and there were all of those kind of whipped in where they're almost bending at the last minute to curl away from the keeper. And you're just like, this guy is absolutely phenomenal. It was that Forest for, game, wasn't it? Away. Forest, yeah. That's it. Yeah. It lasted 45 minutes. I mean, it, it didn't even <laughs> didn't even make its way through to the second half. But this what we're seeing from Kane now is kind of that level, um, just on a more consistent basis. It's you can just you can just tell certain players that when they're going to cross the ball, it it's going to be dangerous. He's going to find the the right spots, as you say, more often than not. And um, yeah, from 20 crosses, I'd I'd agree with you. I'd say probably 17, 18 of them at least were um, where they needed to be. So I think he's been absolutely fantastic for me. And Michael Rose turned turning into prime Perlo with some of those <laughs> those crossfield passes, weren't they? Unbelievable. I didn't know he had that in the lockout, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I'm a massive Michael Rose fan as well. Yeah, I've me said too. Yeah. A few times in the past. And um, yeah, he just absolutely pinged one out. I know in particular one that stood out, kind of crossfield ball, wasn't it? Over to um over to Kane and yeah, I know. it was one of the. Was that was that the O'Hare chance or? Right, O'Hare, the the second opportunity was. Um, yeah, second O'Hare. Yeah, because because basically Rose did it twice. The first one I mm. think was the ball where Godden was really close to getting on the end of it, and then the second chance was was the was the O'Hare opportunity straight at the keeper. You just hope he can get a run now. Obviously, well, he's going to get a run because uh, Clark sort of doesn't appear to be. Uh, Back anytime soon, I'd imagine. Yeah, is there, have we put our missing persons report for for Jake Hartzalter? Because I've heard absolutely nothing. I think kind of in one of the previews a couple of weeks ago, I, I kind of found it, and it was some very random, very unreported uh, article that. So he'd got, he's gone back to Chelsea basically just to right. just while he's recovering. So the the thought process is it, it is probably going to be uh, a Long little bit term. of time out for yeah. him. So yeah, kind of. I guess Rose is, is automatically in in that case then gonna gonna get some game time and obviously not that up. I'd wish an injury on Clark's ultra at all because I think he can be a big player for us. But I'm I'm just as a result glad to see Rose playing because you just want to kind of allow it well see him get that game time to see what he can develop into because you think he's got all assets of the game, don't you? Yeah, I think he's one of those players that with a decent run in the team, you know, mm. you get better performances out of him. And I think yeah. that shows, you know, I'm just looking at, again, I should have a subscription to who scored, but just looking at his ratings, they've sort of progressed through this little period of time he's been playing and back in the side. So that's great to see. And like you say, I I, I think too, he is our best defender. I still do yeah. think he is, he is that. And 
you know, he doesn't give you the balance that Jake Clark Salter does, but I think what he gives you better than Jake Clark Salter is a bit more defensive nous. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Positioning yeah. wise, I think he he's um absolutely on it every single week, positioning wise. Um, the only yeah. time he was caught out, he got sent off against Blackburn <laughs> last season. So um, that goes to show the type of type of player he is. And to be honest, if he keeps putting in performances like he has done recently, you know, he could be getting a, a cheeky Scotland call up soon. Him and Dom Home could be off to the uh, off to Qatar. Well, you, wait, you wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised if he got something in in the run up somewhere along the line because you kind of think. I don't know how many Scottish people kind of maybe listen to this podcast, but you oh kind of think championship go. championship defenders are probably. I know Glenn, yeah, Glenn, Walker, not... Glenn Walker, huge Scottish Scottish fan, so maybe he'll he'll tweet us some abuse. He said something quite nice about me. Says uh, I don't want to kind of offend anybody, but <laughs> you know, look, let's be honest. Scot- Scottish defenders probably you're not going to be too surprised if they're if they're coming from the championship. So. Uh, it wouldn't be surprising, let's put it that way. I think if you're kind of talking about a top seven, top eight club from the championship and you've got a player who's, who's in there playing regularly and, and kind of producing moments like we saw from him at the weekend, then you think they're not that overwhelmed with, blessed, um, yeah, with, with options with where house, they're yeah. just going to rule him out. So look, is he going to go to the um, to the World Cup just yet? Then <laughs> Maybe a little bit early to say that. I'd <laughs> be surprised to see him get, a, as you say, a cheeky little call up to a squad and and maybe get a few minutes in there. And Dom Hyam as well, to be fair. I mean, mm. you know, I thought he had a really, really solid game again on, on Saturday. Ball at his feet. I thought he was superb. And yeah. positioning again. Position is something that we picked up last season. There were so many gaps between the three defenders. And this mm. year, they just seem to be on it so much in regards to when they all move, they move together and they're so close and packed and tight and, and, and concise, basically. Mm. And I think that's yeah, been a real key ass, asset and a key aspect, shall we say, to to where we are this year in, in regards to our defensive capabilities, because we let in too many goals last year. Yeah, we did, and too many silly goals as well. is is a big point of that as well. It's kind of probably leads into your point in terms of um, a lot of the goals we conceded last season weren't kind of taken a step back and said that's that's quality football from them. It was a lot of them were kind of silly moments from us, yeah. but. You don't see that anywhere near as likely happening this season over there maybe a few moments, which every team realistically are going to have. And he had kind of um, alongside a, a solid 90-minute display, I think he had a couple of real standout great tackles in dangerous moments as well, which, which you think will help with his confidence because obviously maybe it hasn't been the highest with what's happened with um, being left out for... He, he obviously wasn't in favour for people who... Who don't shouldn't be playing in that position, so that's probably mm-hmm. not going to help with your confidence. But if you can come back in and um, yeah, have some standout moments, you can kind of hang your hat on and, and look back on them. Then hopefully it will help his confidence because I do think there's um, you know definitely somebody in there who can who can be a, a solid player at this level for sure. Well, we've we've questioned Simon Moore over the last couple of weeks yeah. over a few um, you know a few issues in in regards to goalkeeping, but he was quite quiet during this game until basically the, the restart and they had that really good opportunity, didn't they? But he was equal to it with, with a brilliant save. Um, I think it was Holmes, wasn't it, with the, Holmes, the yeah. chance, yeah. Yeah, it was a decent opportunity. He struck it well and obviously coming in at pace, but we almost just, we expect it from more in these situations mm-hmm. now, don't we? Unless it's unsavable, you, you kind of think he needs, he's going to pull something out of the bag and um, yeah, just, just so well to, to kind of tip it onto the post and, another big moment because I think I don't know 
your thoughts yeah, are. Yeah, we, we don't come back from down, two, yeah. Two nil down in that. I know we've done it, obviously, to yeah. kind of Blackburn and Bournemouth. So you're kind of thinking, well, two of the top four clubs there, maybe there is an opportunity, but certain points are going to catch up with you. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't think we're coming back from that at all. Mm. Um, I just it felt again like one of those days yeah. where we just wasn't going to score. I know we did in the end, um, which showed great character, but it just felt different at two, isn't it? Different. Two. It is because you, you are too. chasing. You're chasing, and you're trying harder. Mm. You know, you're probably trying too hard. Forcing it a bit score. too much. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you're trying to force opportunities, whereas opportunities were, you know. We didn't have to force many opportunities on Saturday. I think a lot, a lot of the time, the, the opportunities just arose from bad Huddersfield play, or you know there was good. There was I'm not running us down here, but there was good opportunities um, due to you know lack of quality from Huddersfield. Mm. Um, so you know I, I think a two 0 it's, it's a completely different game. It's a completely different game. You know a one one if we score earlier, it's a completely different game as well. So. Um, yep. It was really important to to see more save that, but there was that real madness, uh, mad, uh, moment of madness, wasn't there from from him when he came for that that ball? He punched down, it ricocheted off fads, and then it diverted away for goal. But I don't know about you, my asshole was absolutely <laughs> clenched when when I, well, I thought he come out. I didn't think yeah. he needed to come out for a start, and then when he does, yeah. just claim it, you know? Yeah, it's. it's- I thought it was in, to be honest with you. I kind of was resigned to the fact of game over in that split second. But I don't know, you just don't, you don't expect that no, from him. Madness. Obviously, we, you can you can forgive uh, the occasional moment as long as it doesn't go in. But I just think kind of even more than, than his saves, and we've obviously seen a, a good number of quality saves from this season, it's just that confidence he, he, uh, he gives you with, with him behind, between the sticks. It just kind of might not sound exactly the way I want it to when I say this it makes you feel safe <laughs> he does it makes yeah. you feel kind of that you can rely on on at least in giving you a good chance if they kind of break and get in behind the back then there's um we've still got more kind of that they've got to be and it's not going to be easy for them to do that so he's always kind of going to give us that chance so for, for him to have a moment like that is obviously I, I can't remember another one so far this season I don't no. know if, if any stand out for you but no, um, not I'm glad it, it is one of those things. Obviously, it's a Sky game as well, so pretty much majority you'd think Pod fans are watching it in some form. And, and it, as we see with other players and talk about other players, it would take long for some people to to get on him. If you if you have a moment like that and it, it does result in a goal, there will be a certain kind of factor of the of the the fan base who will people start remember kind of it, don't they? asking questions, Question that will it. stick in the memory, and then it's yeah. kind of a case of right, okay, if you do another one, then that's that starts building up then. So you kind of just don't want him to, to have that notch against his, uh, against his name. He hasn't deserved it as well. He's been, been fantastic. At least he, he hasn't got the touch of the, the Lee Burgess, hopefully, yeah. and, and keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a long way off that, isn't he? I think he's got yeah. about 500 in his locker left before we're, uh, we're putting him in, in, in that kind of bracket. <laughs> as Dracula, you know, scared of crosses. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about some of the chances we had because mm. um, I felt like, you know... Oh, you talked about 65% possession. I think the second half alone was nearly 80% possession for the for the Skybreeze on the stats. Uh, Jamie Allen first, he rattled the woodwork. Um, a great, great play by him, intelligent, picked up a, a little bit of space, but you know, just a fraction off target, wasn't he? Yeah, it's uh it is an intelligent moment. And like I say, we've kind of addressing that situation with trying to get goals out of midfield. I, I think out of the you know, if there isn't really that budget for us maybe to bring in somebody in January, he's probably the one that 
stands out as the, the biggest threat that we've got of scoring goals. You mentioned kind of the goal he scored last season against Bristol. And we've seen some some other moments as well. He looks like that player who can kind of drive, kind of yeah, edge break of the a box, tackle. hit the ball. Yeah, break a tackle, kind of drive, drive an effort from the edge of the box or just inside the area and, and kind of find the corner. And he was, he was close to doing so again on Saturday. The moment that he liked it, just kind of a little nuance of it, he kind of got the ball from, from O'Hare. And I think you just see all the players around him react naturally in terms of kind of what they expect to happen. You kind of, I think they start peeling off to mark players, assuming that he's going to play it either out wide to Kane or, or try and slip it in for Golden, Golden or anything. And it's just that kind of intelligence from him for a split second to kind of hold the ball before he just goes into kind of natural, whatever he might do. And he just holds the ball and kind of looks around. And I think he sees the space just completely open up. And he's like, wow, obviously I'm going to, kind of make my way into the box and, and strike the ball. And it's just things like that, which kind of make me hopeful that he might be that player who can kind of add goals from midfield. And it's just, it is it is unfortunate. Obviously, it was just kind of um, wrong side of the post, really. Well, he shows he's got quality because he scored, obviously, was against Reading. Um, he he scored pretty much as he came off the bench. Um, yeah. So he does know his, his, his way to the goal. But again, I think with a, a decent run in the team, your confidence builds and you get into those positions more often than not. And, you know, have more opportunities. Eventually, you're gonna you're gonna score one, um, and then that breeds confidence, doesn't it? Hopefully, Jamie Allen can get a bit of run in the team. I suppose we'll talk when we talk about obviously next week's game. Hmm. Um, you know, that's that's a question mark. So we'll come on to that in a bit. Hmm. Um, let's 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 talk about we've well we've talked about the Scottish Perlo in in Michael Rose. Let's talk about Scottish Maldini Dom Hyam. I know we've already mentioned him already but he had re- two really good opportunities didn't he uh, the first was you know a really big chance from a, from a dangerous free kick I think it was Kane again with the delivery um, he took it he sort of, as it was rising so difficult to control but the second opportunity I think was the guilt edge chance from the corner he kind of bullied his marker didn't he and got his head to it but he, need, he needs to hit the target from there doesn't he really yeah pretty much and I think if you hit, hit the target the the ball goes in really. I don't think there's yeah. there's any real time for the keeper to react off off the corner. Obviously, back post. If he hits the target, it's almost you know ninety percent, ninety five percent likely to to go in. So it's it's unfortunate, and that you know that will be disappointing from him. Obviously, uh, it's good that we've got McFadden who can come in come up from the back, and he's got three goals to his name already this season, and kind of poses that threat. Because while we are struggling from uh, from midfield to get goals and and obviously um, it's a lot to rely on the strikers to pretty much get a, a, a majority of your goals and yeah. you obviously want a little bit they of they definitely a, need to come over from all over the pitch yeah including yeah, Simon Moore by the way he's got a massive kick <laughs> on him put it past him I mean <laughs> at the moment you, you kind of think what is there that the guy can't do but yeah it's just maybe that kind of confidence the strikers can have that it doesn't all fall onto them you know there are goals that can come from other parts of the pitch and obviously McFazdeen has um has backed that up with a few as well. And and obviously the more we can get from other areas that the better in and obviously scoring from set pieces and corners and everything as well is always going to breed confidence when we get those opportunities. So it was was a shame. I, I agree with the first one. It's a difficult, difficult kind of effort or a difficult difficult chance. There's a lot of players in between him and, and the um and the goal really. So to kind of try and get that in with I don't I think by the time it comes to him and Correct me if I'm wrong. There's probably not a lot of pace on the ball as well, so no, he's got to do yeah. a lot with the ball to try and score. It's floated, so, it's kind of floated in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So difficult to, to kind of score there, but um, second one, yeah, should be. We'll we'll say he should put it on target because that's the least you're expecting. If he yeah. does, I think it's a goal. 
for sure. Um, what are the opportunities for Huddersfield towards the end of the game? I don't think many people have been sort of mentioning this one, but you know, it was Pearson, wasn't it, with the mm. sort of unchallenged header, but obviously showed his 50p head by knocking it wide, but it's probably harder to, to knock it wide than it is to, to get it on target. Now, I don't know the I don't really know the rules anymore with offside because if you take the the crossing to the box, he's offside. Yeah. yeah. But then because it takes a deflection, what phase of play does that become? Because if he scores, is it offside? That's what I want. That's that's what I'm questioning. I think that's the point. It's a bit confusing. Is it? I think if if kind of when the cross comes in, surely he's going to be offside, even if it takes a deflection on on the way because it's kind of. You know, it's obviously started from that cross. So I do think he probably was just offside. But also, uh, going back to last week as well, we had that situation with West Brom where we were saying, oh, their second goal technically should be um, ruled out for fan ball. But if we don't if we don't want VAR, which people don't seem to want, it's, it's close enough with this one to say you can't really criticise. I don't know what you think. Personally, I think it's close yeah. enough to say that you probably can't criticise the, the linesman to, to not see it. I don't know what but your thoughts I don't, are. I don't think he would put his flag up unless they scored anyway, to be honest, mm. because it seems yeah, to be point. it seems to be the case now in football that unless something happens from that person, you know, gaining mm. an advantage, then the lino doesn't put the flag up, which is obviously mm. heavily frustrating. You just, you hear crowds booing and jeering the, the officials and even, even the commentators. I mean, Gary Neville is an absolute sucker for it. He absolutely hates officials who don't put the put their flags up um, when they need to really. Um, So, but I mean, VAR, you know, I would scrap it completely out of football to be honest. Um, I I think what we should have, I mean, I hate talking about VAR if I'm honest. I hate talking about it. I'd rather have talking points from than not being VAR and, you know, decisions going for you and going against you. I think that, that takes a lot of the, the, the sort of great stuff away from football for me, you know, talking with your mates and, looking at social media and everyone, you know, discussing, you know, was this a goal? Was it offside, et cetera? Then I think that takes away a little bit of the joy of football for me. Um, to be yeah. honest. Maybe I'm sort of old school in that, in that regard, but um, for this opportunity, I would have, because he gets the header on the, on the ball, I think mm. the flag should go up, but mm. you know, I, is he offside or not? I don't know. I don't understand. There's probably another part of, VAR as well, where people kind of, I, I think most of us, if we're being honest, to, to some extent, there's certain laws of the game that we're still not, <laughs> we're still not, we don't, yeah, they change them often know exactly you- everything when it comes to handball, is it under the certain mark of the shirt and this, that and the other, and it just changed every season and the offside, you know, and they've changed the margins with the, with the offside decisions as well. So there's that to factor in and, and everything else. So it's kind of, I think there's a little bit of confusion when it comes to the VAR. So I think you kind of, when it comes to the VAR side, you know, you either have to, you have to have to make that decision or you kind of want it and you kind of, everything's going to almost, um, going to be nailed down to the minutest detail. Even if you think, oh, that's a great goal. You'd like to see it stand, but he's offside by a finger or something like that. Well, if he's offside by a finger, you have to take that away. So that's probably the thing. <laughs> How for long me is his nails? Has he cut his nails? Exactly. Yeah. So you could rule out, probably where it stood out the most last season was, uh, Cavani scored a goal, didn't he, in the Premier League, where he kind of basically chipped it from the halfway line and uh, and scored. And you think, what an absolutely fantastic moment, what a fantastic goal. And then there was talk around VAR and uh, he potentially they had to check it if he was offside. Yeah. And that was a moment that stood out for me. I was thinking, if this gets disallowed, it doesn't really, 
you know, it just feels awful. But And you kind of got to balance that. If we don't want VAR, which I probably agree with you, I'd say let's just crack on and feel like it balances out over the season. There's probably got to be a little bit of a mindset change when it comes to people's approach with, with referees because some of the abuse you see and, and everything else is, is getting a bit ridiculous, really, because we see something, you know, 25 times on a replay that they're, you know, at 500th the speed of what a, what a referee is seeing. So there's a little bit of balance with that, but I would probably go along with it. Why don't they release a video each year on YouTube saying these are the new rules and this is what we're going to interpret them as? I don't know, like, make it easier for everybody. Yeah, that's, I probably uh, most people who moan would still wouldn't watch it. Well, potentially, <laughs> they'd still yeah. just, but, they'd I mean, still they, just moan about it. But yeah, if the FA are listening to this on the off chance, then I will so make probably that. Probably are. We can yeah, only assume that they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if you need me to make that video for you, I will charge you the low, low cost of one million pounds um, <laughs> to, to do that. So I have the skills. You're fine for money, to be fair. So uh, yeah, that, that should be too much of an issue. Yeah, that's normally what they spend on the Christmas party, which they won't be doing this year, I suspect. Uh, right, let's talk about the goal because we've gone on off on a tangent. Um, a wonderful header, wasn't it, from from Matty Godden? Something that we've we've kind of come to expect from from the bagsman. Um, and Jody Jones obviously was brought into the fray at this point, and he that cross was absolutely on the money, wasn't it? Yeah, as good a header as it is, and it and it is a great header. It's kind of more about the cross for me. It's um, it's just one of those just crying out for somebody to stick their head on it or something. It's going to go in the back of the net. And um, it's fantastic to see for, for Jody. Obviously it's been a while since he's been able to, um, to kind of have that level of involvement in, yeah. uh, in us getting a goal and obviously an important goal for us as well. And now doing it in champ- at championship level, because there's always going to be that, uh, I guess, thing hanging over his head with the injuries. The last time really we saw him, be able to have the opportunity to be effective in a commentary shirt was you know, League Two, really. Let's let's be honest. And um, I don't know. There's a lot of kind of Mark Robbins. Obviously, seems to have a lot of confidence in him. And I know a lot of us as fans will will feel like he's somebody who can come in and have a have an effect at championship level. But again, talked a bit about confidence uh, already tonight. And I think he's somebody that you're hoping can um, can obviously get a bit of a run and have an impact and, and get that confidence up. Cause I think he provides competition in an important area of the pitch for us. Yeah. Um, so it'd be good to, to see him get that confidence and, and obviously have a run in, in the side. And yeah, when it comes to the headache, God, and he's going to score those. He's, I think that's probably the point that we're, we're making earlier in, in the day. He didn't really do enough to, to make those chances, opportunities for God. because I think if, you know, if you give God I don't know, five or six of the, some of the opportunities that we had at other points of the game, he's, he's scoring a hat-trick quite comfortably. So um, no surprise, even in the 93rd minute, seemed, you know, razor sharp, ready to go in and, and grab another goal for us. I'm just trying to find out when Jody Jones last started a match. A um, while back. Yeah, well, just just speak amongst yourselves. So the <laughs> <laughs> no, it was um, a bit more about Matty Gordon. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was Lincoln in in twenty seventeen. It looks like wow. from what I can see, which is which is absolutely madness, isn't it? For for a guy, who, he has got ability, and mm-hmm. it's just whether he's got the ability to play at the championship. That's the question mark, really. Mm. Um, but you're hoping now with sort of the cameos he has produced, and I thought he had a really really good game on on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And obviously, building on the confidence from his under twenty three, I think he scored two goals, a in, goals in that game. Yeah, so it's a guy. He's a guy who's obviously building on his confidence, and he can pull off one hell of a Salt Bay impression. <laughs> have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, I have seen it. Yeah, it was uh, 
was pretty impressive. Yeah, Incredible. it's difficult now to to find a, a Halloween costume or some kind of fancy dress costume, which is which is quite uh, unique and individual. But yeah, that was quite a, quite a fun one. I, I, He's I, absolutely I smashed it there. You know, if the football <laughs> yeah. doesn't um, doesn't come off for him, which we hope it does, obviously, then you know, uh, as a weekend, you know, Salt Bay impersonator, he'll be absolutely raking it in. I, I suspect. Just, I mean, just in the whatever it was, Instagram five second clip that we saw, that for what he did there, that would have been what about two grand from Salt Bay? Or two, about two, three grand or, or whatever it was. And he, I think it, I think it cost you about twenty grand for you for him to come to your table to put salt on your steak, or something <laughs> like that. Ridiculous. Absolutely so yeah, bonkers. you compare it with with footballers' wages, it, it wouldn't be a a bad kind of uh, second option to go in for. So yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was quite a fun one to see, but no, it was good to see. And I think Robbins after the game as well, he was quite he alluded vocal about to it, him. didn't it? Yeah, he um he did. He, he was quite probably quite important for JD Jones as well. He was very um unwavering in in the way he talked about it. He said mm-hmm. he has no doubt in his own mind that he plays. He can quite comfortably have an effect as a championship level player, and it's it's obviously got to be good for him to hear that but he's still going to want to obviously kind of see that translate to the pitch and a lot of confidence he's going to be going to have to take is going to come from obviously having an impact on the pitch so it's always good to to see that happen one of the players contributions I think has gone a little unnoticed is is Tyler Walker here on this goal as well because when the ball gets floated back in from from Kelly he's he's alive to it to begin with and, and forces the keeper out of his goal to, to make, you know, that interception and it pushes the ball back out wide for us then to, to recycle. Um, I don't know your thoughts on, on Tyler Walker's, um, game on, on Saturday, but I thought, thought he had a, you know, a, well, how how am I going to say a really important contribution to the goal? I, Mm. I, I would say. It's probably one of his liveliest, livelier substitute performances. Um, you know, we've talked about it in the past again. He doesn't feel like a player who who benefits the most from coming off the bench. He's somebody that seems to kind of need to start, need to feel his way into the game and um, and kind of does better from that side of things. I think probably the stats back that up in terms of you look at when he scored goals for us over the year and a half, he's been been at the club and um, coming on as a sub, you just, it's hard to, to pick times where he's had a, has a, had a real impact on games. But yeah. yeah, he looked lively and he looked, he looked different coming on as a sub than he generally has done for us this season, which is good to see. And uh, I don't know, they just looked a little bit more about him. Like you kind of what you'd expect and want to see from a striker in his position, who knows that he's not, he's not in the top two or probably even three when Wagon comes back in mm-hmm. terms of kind of our um, selection options. But you're thinking this is somebody who, you know, when they're coming off the bench, is going to want to be chomping at the bit to try and, um, you know, lay down a marker and get some goals or at least show an Im- impact in the game to, to try and push for a starting position. And that's probably something, I don't know, I, I haven't massively felt, but it was a little bit different on on Saturday. And I, a, a lad that I worked with, not a Cos fan, was trying to say that he felt maybe it was a foul on the keeper. That's just ridiculous. No, no. Absolutely no issue with it, with it whatsoever. It's just a player who, for me, is showing um, a level of desire to, to get in on goal and score it and obviously score the goal as well. So um, that's what you want to see from him and maybe has been a little bit lacking, but um, it's good because a lot of the time you might think with a striker, it's all about uh, if he's scoring, he's playing, is he scoring? And, yeah. and if he's not, then he's not really having an impact and he's not really showing enough to, to warrant a start in the team. But it's it's good, hopefully, that I've seen a few um, 
comments around talking about his performance because you know it is good that we can obviously highlight that even though he hasn't scored it's um it's a step in the right direction for him for sure Absolutely. I think the desire is the key word. If you show that desire, then, you know, you mm. can forgive the, the the lack of goal, shall we say. But, mm. you know, he has scored important goals for us and I'm sure he will in the future. Um, yeah. Now, Don Goodman gave Jamie Allen the, the Man of the Match award. This was after he cleaned up his pants from from the noise um, from uh, Michael Rose's first um, first crossfield pass. I don't know if you noticed that. It was quite funny, actually. But uh, He was a fan. Yeah, just uh, let's say that. Um, would you be in agreement with Big Don on on Jamie Allen? I know I am. You know, I've, I thought he was outstanding. Yeah, probably. I'd probably give it to Allen. I just felt like he he looked like the biggest threat really for his carrying the ball forwards. Um, got involved in winning the ball back, so he was probably the most um, involved in in there as well. And yeah, I'd probably give him the nod. It would be too far off saying Todd Kane just for that impact yeah. with with all those crosses and and obviously getting up and down the pitch as well so uh, would be keen to to give him a little nod as well but yeah I, I'd, I'd say you have to go for, for Alan I know they said it was it was going to go to the keeper yeah, know, before, before the goal which is ridiculous I mean yeah were any of his saves really that good I don't he made I don't one know. good save from the Michael Rose header I think uh, from a corner and that was it he didn't make yeah. any sort of outstanding save. Yeah, it was good. It wasn't. It wasn't unbelievable, but yeah, it was a. It was a decent enough save right there. But yeah, not something that you'd expect him to have also as a championship level goalkeeper not save. And then you think everything else is just. So it's one of those. It felt almost a little, a little bit like he was going off the stats. Twenty two shots. Yeah. Twelve on target. So if the goalkeeper's not conceded any, then he has to have had a great game. It's, did he really? I don't know. A lot of, of them were down his throat, unfortunately, which is probably the point we've been making. But I'm glad, if for nothing else, other than the point, obviously, yeah. it's uh, it's prevented him getting man of match. Because he deserved it. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Okay, let's move on and talk about this Saturday's opponents at the CBS. Uh, Stoke City travel to Coventry on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a tough game, isn't it, Matt? Of course, against a sort of a a fellow promotion candidate and they've got tons of experience looking at this Stoke team. They have, yeah. I mean, they look, they look a settled side as well, looking at kind of yeah. um, their appearances. They don't really make too many changes, which is, which is obviously a sign of a, a settled side and not too surprising to see them up towards the top of the table in there in the top six, just obviously one place uh, above us. They've not done too bad on their travels as well. 14 points from 11 games and they've picked up wins at, Swansea, QPR and, and Luton, who, you know, for some people might not seem like the biggest name, but obviously we all know as Cough fans how tricky it can be going to, to Kenilworth Road and, and getting a win. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a solid side and probably, you know, what you, you think, but for me, it's that defence, which is it's probably the standout area for them. Yeah, they're a little bit of a dirty side though as well, which I think is, a mm. you know, for the likes of sort of Callum O'Hare, can he, you know, skip a challenge and, you know, get someone booked potentially and, you know... Mm. Can we can we look at sort of penetrating them and you know get getting you know the the silly foul and the and the silly yellow cards? Yeah, I think that's a, that's that's a really key asset to this game. If that's that's one way have one one way we have to approach it, and that's that's why I question whether we go with the sort of the two behind the lone striker again because I think you you sort of pick up those fouls more often than not with with two players behind the striker couple of players running at their defence making them come out a little bit more if you kind of you have a have a lone striker it might be 
playing into their hands a little bit in terms of kind of what are we going to do then are we going to try and lump the ball up are they just going to be able to face face the right way and, and kind of like pump the ball back the other way so yeah I, I don't think it's a bad point to be fair have a couple of um, kind of players running their defence and, and try and draw them out and, and see what we get from it and Stoker you know one of those sides we've got a you know decent recent record against um, you look at last season there was two decent performances obviously a nil-nil um, at St Andrews and then you know that 3-2 victory towards the end of the season which was an absolute bonkers game of football but um yeah. We also look back at that FA Cup win in 2018 as well. Who, who can forget those sort of scenes at the CBS or the Ricos it was then? Yeah. Yeah, it's it team that you're right in saying because you talk about Stoke and their discipline. It feels like that's kind of been the case with them for, for, for quite a period of time. You think of some of the players that they've had there and it kind of seems to have followed them through and it almost seems like a bit of an ethos with the club. So um, history, as you as you say, would dictate we've, we've kind of in recent years done quite well against that. So... Um, hopefully it will continue this weekend. They are, um, you know, they've got experience, as you say, in, in the in the side, but also they've got you know, they've got some not young players to, yeah. to put it in a in a nice way as well. And so we've got some um, some people who can hopefully try and take advantage of that run at them. And that's kind of what you want to see, isn't it? A home game and decent crowd, and you'd like to see is kind of put it on them a bit and try and um, press them into mistakes and and not buckle. It's one of those things you almost. You want to see us kind of make a stand early in the game as well to show that we probably can't be, you know, we're not going to be bullied even if we haven't got a massive kind of six foot four, six foot five um, players in our in our side as well. We're still going to stand up to them and and um, yeah, hopefully it's, uh, it works out. So a win on Saturday ensures that we are in the playoffs at the halfway point of the year um, and at Christmas as well. And I think, I've, well, I can't speak for everybody, but you'd have bit my hand off, wouldn't you, for for that sort of return at the start of the year. There's no way we thought we'd be in this position. Yeah, absolutely. At the start of the season, I think for me, obviously we had a great campaign last year, finishing 16th. And um, while most people probably automatically start thinking, right, well, 16th, where can we go up from there? I just thought it was such a such an overachievement to finish 16th against where we probably were in terms of budget and, and everything else. You're just thinking, look, anything anything from 16th to kind of one place but above relegation is going to be another fantastic return. And that was my thought process coming into the, into the season. So anything above that is, um, is progress for me for, for sure. And um, yeah, top six, whether it be top six, whether it be, you know, seventh or eight, it's still going to be a fantastic return. And we talked last week, probably because we were coming off the back of a defeat and we're talking about, you know, how much does an imaginary line matter at this point in, yeah. in time, whether it's sixth or seventh, does it really matter if we're a point or two outside of there? But yeah, it's going to be kind of nice of you in while you're having your, your turkey and, and everything else, if you can see is on the right side of that imaginary line. Um, just gives you a nice warm, warm feeling over the, the festive period, doesn't it? But I think it's a key indicator as well to, to sort of where we are mm. as a team, as a club, if we are in there at Christmas, because... Mm-hmm. You know, it shows how much we've progressed really in such a shorter short space. I mean, we've progressed in a short space of time. If you look at the sort of the League Two to now, but even from last year to this year, it's just such a huge progression for the club. And I think we should be really excited about the future, really. I mean, there's a lot of doom and gloom. I know we haven't won in five matches, but we're not we're not losing many of these matches too. You know, that's that's exactly. important. Yeah, it is important. And that's kind of again talking with a with a colleague today and just um 
again, not a cough fan, so he's trying to warm me up a little bit about performance <laughs> and everything else. But you kind of look at it, you break it down, you say, well, look, you know, 0-0 against Birmingham, probably the one result in those five games where you're thinking, okay, that's that's not ideal for us. And obviously we've lost to West Brom, but a lot of teams are going to lose to West Brom mm-hmm. um, in there. But is it, I'm right in saying the three away draws outside of that, two of those have been in the Premier League in the last what two three years, and then you have got Huddersfield, who are not far outside of that as well. In a game that we've we've dominated, really, you think Sheffield United game, we've we've dominated the first sixty minutes of that game as well, kind of as an away day. So you're thinking in that run of five games, it's all about kind of maybe a little bit of perception of how you you look at that room because you can say, yeah, okay, in terms of points, it's probably not as many as you you want to be bringing in, and it's not as many wins as we were we were getting early in the season. I think we went a good part of the season with with barely any draws and now we seem to have gone completely the other way but also you, you actually look at those games and look at that win of, of five matches and you think well you know Birmingham as well we were we were comfortably the better team so a large portion of that um, you know five game run we, we've actually been the better side and maybe it makes you think well, okay in January if we what can maybe address been? that a little yeah. bit with with our chances then um, you know maybe maybe top six isn't yeah, isn't an impossibility at all Let's talk about our approach to this one then. Uh, obviously, I mentioned potentially going with with two behind the, the lone striker, but I think there's question marks everywhere, isn't there? I mean, Alan and Kane's performance on Saturday kind of guarantees their starts. Dabo's a little bit out of form. Did we bring Matson back in for that sort of left side balance? Vic was on the bench. You know, he was well rested for 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 the whole ninety minutes. He wasn't brought into into the fold. Um, would you drop O'Hare? People are questioning whether we do that or not. You know, is Hamer back from injury? Lots of question marks, but a good place to be if we've got, you know, lots of players fighting for for positions in the in the team. And you do feel like, uh, again, against last season, where if you did have players who are out, you were kind of thinking, we're going, we are going to struggle. Now you kind of think if certain players are out, it's actually more just an opportunity for for other players that we probably feel like we can rely on more now to to come in and, and kind of stake a place for themselves to to be a bit more involved as well. So it's not yeah, it's definitely uh, another sign of the, the the kind of the progress we've made in the last twelve months. And it's I know it'd be interesting to see what you think. It's I think it's and we said this for for Huddersfield last week. It's going to sound like a bit of a broken record, but another quite a difficult one to call because of it is a bit of a balance, as you say, of injuries and um, maybe a little bit of form in there as well. I don't think. It's so easy with O'Hare, you know, obviously he had kind of, it's a game that stands out. If you're on TV and you miss a couple of really good chances, it's going to stand out. But, you know, let's everybody kind of try and remember what it is that he brings to this side. And, and there's a lot that he does bring to the side. And as you mentioned, he's probably kind of player, if we can draw their their kind of set routine defenders out of place, then he's he's useful for us to have. But maybe you do kind of stick a, um, a Jody Jones in there with him or a Jamie Allen pushed a bit further forward with him as well and kind of um, get them to try and split that defence. But then the other side for me as well, something that Giocares does is in terms of kind of making those runs and drawing players out of position and creating yeah. a lot of space for his strike partner as well. So I don't know if that really answers the question. I'm going to throw it back to you. <laughs> but what, what, what do you reckon, especially in those kind of forward positions, what, what would you say in terms of kind of strokers and attacking midfielders? I mean, I would go with, with one up top and two behind just because I just mm. want to see energy against an yeah. aging Allen. I think it could be the battle of the Allens in midfield. Uh-huh. Um, Jamie versus Joe. I was so tempted to call Jamie Joe early on for some reason. I <laughs> sort of, I don't know why I did that, but you know, Joe Allen is, you know, he's probably past his best now. Yeah. Um, and they play again, they play with a very flat line, a bit like how Huddersfield played 
there's just very flat lines all over the pitch. Their wing backs don't push forward often. So I would like to see energy in and around that midfield. I mean, even Mario Vrancic, I know he's a really, really top player at this level, but I think he's 32 or 33 now. He cannot run for the for the whole game. So mm-hmm. um, there's there's question marks over this midfield. Um, I'd also bring Matson back in. I think he's more comfortable at home as well. He'll be going up against, um, I think it's Tommy Smith on the right. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't think Tommy Smith is a is a great player at this level. Um, again, ageing, uh, 29 years old for, for Tommy as well. So, you saw on, on Matt's side. Bit of confidence behind him. I think he's, he's played 19 of, of their league games. So they obviously, they, they feel like he's um, somebody they can rely on, but it probably is that experience that they're... Um, they're kind of clinging to, and if you think you you know you've got a good point, if we can if we can get a Matson on one side, a, a Kane at the other side to kind of run at them, um, you know, just just make things uncomfortable for them. It, it's a different game to to probably what they're um, used to. So that that could be um, that, that certainly could be a, a standout thing thing for us in in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then and they're, they're going to be missing key players as well, the yeah. likes of Sawyer's and, and Powell. And I know Tyrese Campbell is is well wanted from from a host of Premier League teams, and and he's doubtful for this weekend. So they have got missing players. I know they've still got you know real key players in, in regards to like Jacob Brown, who's playing really well this season, and um, Stephen Fletcher is still there, and you know he's, he's still hanging around. Just but he's around, he's got he's got that now, isn't he? Um, so yeah, I think that there's a big opportunity here for on Saturday for us to to get back on on in winning ways, and you know I think it's just how we approach it. Do we do we sort of sit back and let them let them come to come to us and try and get them on the on the break? I don't think that's the way we should play. I don't think that's how we play really. That's how we get the best out of this team. I think we've got to be on the front foot from from the off, and I think energy is the way. I would approach it um, personally. Yeah, high impact. You know, with the team that's aging, if we can kind of put the pressure on them from from earlier on in the game, then you're obviously thinking at a certain point that will probably start to to show in terms of kind of um, that age catching up with them a little bit and, and make them kind of work hard early on, and, and hopefully the gaps will open up a little bit later on in the game. And, and I guess the only thing for me, I, it is it is a tricky balance. You know those. Can definitely see your point in terms of those two behind a lone striker. I, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I do worry a little bit. They'll go three centre backs, and if you've got, let's say, Godden um, up there by himself, it just feels it feels difficult. So you're going to need. You're, there is a lot that's going to kind of. If we were to do that, it's going to be a lot that falls onto O'Hare and Allen in terms yeah. of kind of trying to draw those players out, and and a lot is going to fall onto them. So um, you know, if O'Hare maybe isn't. Uh, feeling the best after this game, you just need him to shake that off and kind of say, right, here's a here's a good opportunity for you because you're in a really important position for us. So it's a, it's a bit of a balance, I guess. I, I probably think he'll go back to two strikers. He will start the game, yeah. Um, but um, maybe it's one of those things, you know. We we try that early on, and if it's not working, then that's certainly an option I could see happening later on in the game, and um, and just say to him, you're not going to have a run at him, and, and let's see what comes of it. Absolutely. Uh, prediction for this one, mate. I think I'm gonna one all. I I think we can wow. win it for sure. I do. Yeah. I do think it's a winnable game for us, um, for sure. But I do think you know, got to credit the fact they are in the top six as well. They're not there um, by fluke. They've had some good results against good teams, and uh, yeah. as I mentioned before, on the road. So they're not um, they're not there for for no reason. I think if we 
I don't know. I do worry that if we kind of give them some level of opportunity, you think that the kind of the experience and um, and everything they have at the top of the pitch, they probably will we will get punished for it. So even if we were to stay tight, I can still see them nicking a goal. But um, yeah, certainly not impossible for for us to get the win. But I'll probably lean towards a one-one. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, one. I'm with you on that. So I think their nows will probably gift them a goal. They've mm. just got a little bit, probably a bit more experience and a bit of know-how at this level. Um, mm. in regards to in regards to coming up against a, well, it's not it's not a deflated Coventry side, but it's it's not one that's sort of in the same vein of form as we have been in, shall we say? Yeah. So I think they will score, but I'm, I'm backing us to 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 score one more than them, um, yeah. and that's how you win football matches. So I'm going to go for <laughs> going to go for a two-one victory for the Sky Blues. Happy days. That would be happy days. Uh, well, conscious of the time because it's. I think it's been nearly an hour and twenty minutes. So <laughs> well, let's let's wrap it up there for this evening, Matt. Really happy to have you along with me this evening. Thanks for your input as always. Enjoy the game Saturday. As always, you uh, thank you very much, mate. Uh, as always, a big thank you to our sponsor, Shortland Horn, too, for their continued support. And and don't forget to get your predictions in for the Tweet League. We'll take your one-one prediction for the Tweet League this week, Matt. Um, so we'll we'll get those in when predictions open. Obviously, we'll be back next week, hopefully with a, a trio, a menage a trois, as they say, uh, next week. Um, but in the meantime, please stick across our social channels. And if you want to get in, involved with any of the topics this evening or any conversations, please use the hashtag Skyboost Extra. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.